You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place because it's time to win with dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Welcome to Win With Dogs. Today's show is exciting to me because it focuses on getting knowledge as a pet parent and doing the best you can to be an advocate for your dog's health and happiness. All of us dog lovers know exactly how much we get out of our relationships with our pups. So I say, as you all know who have listened to my show, Win With Dogs, I say we give back and make sure that they are getting the most from their time here with us too. My guest today... I think totally agrees with me on this and her new book, Speaking for Spot, Be the Advocate Your Dog Needs to Live a Happy, Healthy, Longer Life, is a testament to this. Author and veterinarian Nancy Kay is today's guest and not only is she an accomplished author, she's also a board certified specialist in the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine. She's published in several professional journals and textbooks. And she lectures professionally to regional and national audiences. One of her favorite lecture topics is communication between vets and their clients, which I think is excellent, excellent, fabulous. So I'm certainly excited and thrilled to have Nancy here with us. We're going to take a short break and get down to business with Dr. Nancy Kay. Stay tuned. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win With Dogs right after this quick water break. Hey, ready to take a walk? Not just you, but the whole family. It's the 2009 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 7th from 11 to 3 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet related. Whisker Walk 2009, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win With Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. Welcome back. Dr. Nancy Kay is today's guest, and you can find out more about all the wonderful things she does on her website, which is speakingforspot.com. Um, you can pick up her book. What an honor to have you on my show, Nancy. I can't say enough about your new book. Um, Thank you. 
You're welcome. You know, I'm, I'm a reference. To be here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a reference book girl, so <laughs> I can't tell you the last fiction book I read, but I'm currently reading about five nonfictions, mainly health books, and yours now has skyrocketed to the top. So your book is right up my alley. So welcome. Sure. Thank you. And, you know, one of the first questions you probably get is, why did you write the book? And before you answer that, I want to tell you that I thought about this for a while. I tried to, you know, get into your perspective and think as a vet, you know, why would you write this? And hopefully, I was hoping, and I'm sure this is the case, that you want to have an open dialogue with your clients and you want us to be able to utilize you as an effective member of the health team. So let me ask you, why did you write the book? (laughs) I'll give you the the lowdown on why I actually wrote it, Raquel, but then there's been a lot of benefits. Um, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from veterinarians because when their clients have read the book, these veterinarians have found out that, that it has really helped them. It makes it much easier to get to the bottom line and do what's best for the dog because yeah. the reality of the situation is, is that the veterinarian is one member of the healthcare team, but it's the human at the other end of the leash who's the team captain. And the more the team captain knows and is involved in the loop, the smoother the trip is going to be. The, the way, Raquel, that this, this idea for speaking for a spot germinated is about three years ago now, I went through a medical scare of my own. And I had about three months of conflicting opinions and uncertainty as to what the underlying diagnosis was. But throughout the entire time, my medical advocacy skills served me incredibly well. I avoided a needless surgery because I didn't rely on the opinion of just one doctor. And everything turned out fine, and I'm healthy as a horse other than a little cold today. But um, (laughs) I came out of that experience thinking, oh, my gosh, if I hadn't been me, what would have happened to me? Um, And how how can I facilitate this for other people? And I thought, well, I could write a book for people taking care of their own health. That might be a little presumptuous. Maybe I should start in my own backyard. So I started with the notion of I'll teach people who love dogs how to do this. And then next, yeah. the plan is to teach people who love cats how to do this. So that's really how, how that's, the idea for the book germinated. That's excellent. I mean, I knew that you were a woman after my own heart. I wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> I truly, I wrote Stretch Your Dog Healthy. and I about that. Three, thank you. About three years ago, I did the same thing. I'm like, I, human book, human book, how do I get to humans? I'm like, wait a minute. I'm going to start talking to the dogs. They have not enough advocates going. So this book to me is fabulous because I I do always wonder the perspective of of my vet. I love my vet, Dr. Ladd. He's completely open door policy guy. He knows I'm not big on lots of prescriptions and, you know, I'm into health and holistic health and I totally see the need for conventional wisdom, yet I try to do as much as I can preventatively, but I often wonder if he's like, okay, enough with the questions, (laughs) you know. But, but you know, it kind of goes both ways. It kind of goes both ways because in the book I teach people how to provide a history that's useful. Yes. It has just just the facts, ma'am, is what we want when we're getting information (laughs) about what you've been observing at home. So I teach people how to do that. So a veterinarian is going to be so impressed that they can get a useful history in the course of a minute rather than listening to a whole lot of dialogue that isn't very helpful for five minutes. Totally. And I love that. Your book, I mean, your book is great. You've got all kinds of stuff on how to speak to a vet, how to ask the right questions, which I found invaluable. And the other thing I loved 
is you have a Ten Commandments list of how to how to handle the perfect office visit. You know, I think as a human, you're taking your baby in and he's totally freaked out and you forget what you're in there for. And I often get yeah. out and I'm like, dang, I forgot to ask him this and that. And so the Ten Commandments, tell everyone what your Ten Commandments for the office visit are. They're awesome. <laughs> Run down your favorite. Which one's my favorite? Probably. What this is, is these are Ten Commandments that help everyone make the most out of a veterinary office visit. And the result is is that it's a, a more efficient visit for the veterinarian, and it's more likely to provide an outcome that's favorable for the dog and more likely to provide peace of mind for the human that's at the other end of the leash. And there's some practical things such as, you know, turn the cell phone off, be really present when you're there listening to your veterinarian, provide all the information about diet, medications, all that usual stuff, let the staff know if your dog is aggressive. But the commandment that, that probably I've had the most feedback on from readers, both veterinarians and non, non-veterinarians, is it's the first commandment, thou shalt push thy veterinarian off her pedestal. <laughs> now, call it the white coat intimidation factor. I, I personally don't wear a white coat for this very reason, but veterinarians are revered sometimes too much so that it inhibits open and honest dialogue. Yeah. And so if you're feeling intimidated by your veterinarian, you're not going to be as likely to say, you know, doc, I really can only give medication twice a day. I can't do three times a day. Mm-hmm. Or that's going to be a little too pricey for me. And, and it, if you can't say those sorts of things to your veterinarian, you're not going to have an honest, open, working relationship. This pedestal is usually a figment of the client's imagination. There are yeah. some veterinarians who like putting themselves up on a pedestal, but I encourage people to get past that. And if you really can't get past that with a veterinarian, then move on to someone who you feel more comfortable with. Maybe it'll totally. be a younger person or an older person or a male versus a female. But you want to really be able to just have casual, open dialogue with your veterinarian. And I think we're seeing a, a exciting kind of trend right now that you touched on with that commandment. And that is people realizing that, hey, they are responsible for, you know, the 24 hours a day, six and a half days a week, and you see your vet, what, half hour a day? How are they supposed to fix everything? We are in charge of our own bodies. And one thing I love about your book is you keep saying, look, it's up to us to make good choices for our right. dog. And, and that means being yeah. consistent, consistent. It's not like, oh my gosh, my dog just got sick. How did that happen? Well, I mean, a lot of times, a lot of acute cases are, you know, changes in behavior that have been present and maybe not really noticed. So I encourage all people to be more present, even in their everyday life, (laughs) not just in the vet. (laughs) No one knows, Raquel, no one knows your dog better than you. There's no veterinarian in the world who knows your dog better than you. I'm, I'm at work today and I just came from seeing a 13-year-old Scotty who is adorable. Oh, Her name is I have Duffin. Scotty. You do? Yes. This little girl's name is Duffin, and she has lymphoma, which is a type of cancer affecting mm-hmm. the lymph nodes. So I can talk about chemotherapy and discuss mm-hmm. the pros and cons of it, but as I counsel these people, you know, this is what we can expect from chemotherapy. What do you think right. about Duffin's resilience here? Do you think that she's game for that? They know that. I don't yeah. know that. She's 13 years old. Well, chronological age isn't nearly as important as her functional age. They need exactly. to say, is she still playing ball at home? 
You know, mm-hmm. 13-year-old Scotty may be barely able to walk. Another one may be going to the dog park and running around. So I can give objective information, yeah. but the gut, heartfelt information that you really need to make those kinds of decisions comes from the person who's with that dog 24-7. Totally. And your book and what you advocate, which is on your website, speakingforspot.com, is all, and kind of, like I said, it's after my own heart. We're just getting as much knowledge as we can. Different things will resonate with us. And I have a 12-year-old Scotty, Angus, who, I mean, orthopedically, he's fabulous. No arthritis, nothing, full range of motion, of course, because I'm the trainer, stretcher. (laughs) He's dealing with some liver, bladder, Scotty issues that we're monitoring, battling as best we can. But I can't beat myself up if things don't go the way I want. I just can, and or if I learn, I could have done something a year down the road that I didn't know about today. So it's just about getting knowledge and yeah. being an effective leader of the health team. Right. I totally, I totally agree, and I do love that you have the whole section of how to have that conversation about. You know, as your pet's health is changing, how do you handle that? Because a lot of times. Like you said, one day the dog can be playing ball and the next day, you know, they're down for the count. And you have to be able, I assume, from a vet's perspective to have an f- effective dialogue because it's not like, I mean, how do you deal with, you know, euthanasia is a tough, tough subject. So mm-hmm. you talk a lot about that in your book, actually. I do. And, you know, I would, I, there haven't really been any studies that document this, but Raquel, I bet that 98% plus of the time we're all faced with the decisions about euthanasia for our pets. I would say less than 2% of the time do dogs and cats that are being well cared for simply pass away in their sleep. Yeah. Oh, my God, I was just asking my husband that. Wait, we have to repeat this. I love stats. (laughs) I just seriously was asking my husband. It's not a scientifically based statistic. It's my clinical impression is that it's so rare when we're in the end of life with pets and people mm-hmm. are in the throes of that decision-making. You know, certainly a pet's going to die of natural consequences if you let them linger and suffer right, right, long right, beyond right, right. any of us would want. But of yeah. the clients that I counsel, where quality of life dictates that it's time to consider euthanasia, and mm-hmm. everyone's hoping that, you know, they'll just wake up one morning and find that their pet has died, yeah. that happens less than 2% of the time. So yeah. we are really asked to step up to the plate in a huge totally. way. It's payback time for all that unconditional love. That's when we really have to make probably one of the toughest decisions of our lives. And I have to tell you, I'm I'm not a young woman, and I lost two pets within the last year, and it doesn't get any easier. It does not get any easier. The thing is with that, though, I mean, you know, pain is the issue for me. Like you're saying, you just don't want your dog, for anyone who's listening and is dealing with this right now, and it's like, when is the right time? When is the right time? I think you know. I mean, when I with Rocky, my last Scotty, who we had to put down five years ago, I mean, it was like one of those waiting games. Like, oh, God, should I do it now? I don't want to be suffering. The main thing was pain, and it was clear that his pain increased tremendously over you know just like rapidly and they say this orthopedically orthopedically you have a timeline and a pain line and it'll be like they're both going along parallel and all of a sudden bam the pain shoots up you know the thing i would say i think pain is certainly an indicator but i see a lot of patients that have for example well you had mentioned liver disease Mm -hmm. and 
what I describe to people, when people say, ask me, and they ask me this all the time, do you think he's in pain? And here's my answer. If it's not orthopedic or involving bone, it's usually not painful. But I say, imagine yourself with the flu, the worst yeah. case of flu, and it's going on and on, and every day you're feeling that way. You're mm-hmm. not in pain, but life is pretty darn miserable. So mm-hmm. it, rather than focusing and waiting for the signals of pain, such as whimpering mm-hmm. or crying, mm-hmm. I encourage people to look at how active the animal is. Mm-hmm. Does he respond to that word that you have to normally spell out so he can't tell what you're saying in the mm-hmm. same enthusiastic way when you spell out ball or walk? Does he eat even? You know what I mean? My Scott, yes. if he stops eating, oh, my God, I know something's wrong. <laughs> if they're not eating. He's a food and, and, hound. And a, when you look in your dog's eyes, when he's healthy, there's a little spark that's there, a little sparkle that you come to recognize. It's very familiar. And when it's time, usually that little sparkle leaves. And yeah. the thing that some dogs need, especially the working dogs, not a terrier, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> not a terrier, but, yeah. you know, if you have a dog like a Border Collie or if you have a German Shepherd, mm-hmm. they may feel like it's time to check out, but that they still need to take care of you. Yeah. And totally. they're not they're not going to throw in the towel until you kind of communicate that hey it's okay you can go if you want you know that's such a good point I'm a few shows back we talked about different types of massage and you know there's a freeing them to leave us <laughs> massage yeah. you know that's oh, so important you know I love your perspective and thank you for reminding me that it goes beyond the orthopedic. In the muscular structure, mm-hmm. it's not always just pain like that. I That's the world I'm in so much. I deal with animals and humans in pain, and yeah. thank you for reminding me of that. And I want to talk more. We have to take a short break, and we will get back with Nancy Kay, author of Speaking for Spot, Be an Advocate for Your Dog to Live a Happy, Healthy, Longer Life. <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. Don't go away. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win With Dogs right after this quick water break. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win with Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. And thank you. Hope you got lots of water at that short water break and are ready to listen in more with Nancy Kay and me, Raquel, host of Win with Dogs. Thank you for listening. And right before the break, we were talking about when an effective time is to tell your pup he can leave you. And again, one of those things you're probably going to be dealing with medicines and timelines of food, etc. There's a helpful, helpful aid that Nancy reminded me of on her website. There's actually advocacy aids, which you can download, keep track of medications and schedules, right, Nancy? What kind of things are there? Like if people are yeah. watching your house, that you can leave these forms with the people, your pet well, sitters. Well, let's say that you're going to be traveling in Africa and you've you've left uh, your Scotty in the care of someone else, and, and what happens if a life-threatening decision comes up and you're not reachable? In essence, mm-hmm. you've left them with this contingency form that's signed authorizing your whoever's taking care of him to be the decision-maker in your absence. That's oh, really cool. important to have in place. We have... Wow, I had no idea you were talking about that. <laughs> That's there are, great. <laughs> there, are, there are forms for keeping t- track of medications, uh, health history forms. Yeah. I've taken a hospital treatment sheet that we actually use here in the hospital to keep uh-huh. tabs on medications. It's a daily planner, medication planner, so that if your dog is taking four or five different medications, it helps you keep track of them and helps keep track that they've been administered. So... That form is on um, the website, and you can just download it at no charge. That's so amazing. Seriously, I'm just thinking back to my dear late grandmother who passed away a year and a half ago, and she was sent home with all these medications, and we were writing up the forms. I mean, seriously, we couldn't Yeah, you created probably. Yeah, exactly. And I have a friend, unfortunately, who's dealing with cancer right now, and I might just have to download one of your forms for her husband. Yeah, it'll work. What's been interesting, Raquel, is that many people who don't even have dogs have found out about what's in this book, and they're using it for their cats, they're using it for their own health. The principles all apply across the board, really. And see, that's what I completely say. In fact, people are like, what? You're writing a book on stretching for dogs? Are you kidding? (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) You know, what do you mean? They're made of muscles and bones and blood and... Come on. Okay, back to Dogland. One thing that's always been really controversial is the topic of vaccinating. And you have a whole section on there on vaccinations, which I found really informative in your book about, you know, what types of vaccinations there are, what the current protocols are, and that they even vary by state. And vaccinosis is a very real thing, don't you think, where we're getting over-toxified sometimes by over-vaccinating our pups? I think well, it is. yes. Here's the scoop. And I did, I did dedicate a whole chapter to what I call the vaccination conundrum. Back in the day, I graduated in 1982, and back in the day, we vaccinated every dog we could get our hands on for the five things we could vaccinate for once a year, no matter what. Well, now there's 13 different vaccinations available. The American Animal Hospital Association put together a task force and created some guidelines about vaccinations. I need to emphasize to your listeners, these are guidelines. These are not rules that veterinarians have to follow. But boy, I really respect these guidelines. 
The mm-hmm. distemper parvovirus vaccinations, we used to think you had to give them every year. Now we know that they're good for a minimum of three years. And in some dogs, the immunity or protection lasts even lifelong. The other thing that the American Animal Hospital Association has said is that vaccinations are to be viewed as medical procedures, no different than any other medical procedure, wherein the risks and the benefits are all weighed before that vaccination is ever given. Let me give your listeners a quick example. A little Bichon Frisee named Missy. Uh, if your listeners don't know what a Bichon Frisee is, wow, you think get of a my cotton two dogs. Ball. I have Jake. That's my other oh dog my is a Bichon. You're totally so psychic. It's a, basically a, a cotton ball of a yes. dog. And right. Missy came in because she had bleeding because her immune system was gobbling up platelets, cells responsible for normal blood clotting. This was a phenomenon related to the vaccinations that she had just received. Every once in a while, a vaccination goes awry, and there's a complication. And occasionally, that complication can be life-threatening. We lost Missy. We couldn't save her life. And the tragedy of all of this is the two vaccines she had received were for Lyme disease. Lyme disease is transmitted by ticks and leptospirosis, which is transmitted in the urine of wildlife. Missy's feet never hit the sidewalk. Yeah, exactly. And yet she was vaccinated for these two things that never she should never have received. And her life ended prematurely because of that. Her her people were devastated. They adored her. And uh, I know. It's so, so sad. The, the first thing is, is does my dog have exposure to this disease? Raquel, the big problem, and, and it's my soapbox, is when you get the vaccination reminder card, don't forget that you are a thinking, intelligent person. I tell yes. people this, and they're like, you're crazy. Your dog's going to die if you don't va-. I'm like, he gets what he needs, but you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, what about titers? I mean. Titers are a great way to go. Um, I think they're going to become more and more popular. What this is is it's a blood test that allows you to know if your dog still has protection on board in the bloodstream against distemper and parvovirus. So you can do that, and you you may find that you have one of those dogs that the puppy vaccinations lasted throughout the dog's entire life. Now, Raquel, I'm going to emphasize vaccine reactions are not common, but Mm -hmm. when they occur... They can be devastating. And if there's even a little bit of a risk associated with a vaccine that has no possibility of providing any good, why -hmm. would you choose to vaccinate? I know. And from my perspective, you know, to me, it's an issue of body breakdown over time. And that definitely taxes the liver. And so we're trying to do all the best things we can to promote health. So, like, again, why would you even put – it's poison. I mean, it's a form of – toxin to your body. Again, I have to say vaccines in general are wonderful things. We're not exposed to rabies on a daily basis. Thank you very yeah. much because yeah. of vaccinations. And that's so, that's one thing that I totally agree with you, Nancy. There's a place where everyone, it's a balanced world. It's like each animal right. you have to, you have to go, look, if, is my dog hiking? It's got to get, you know, vaccinated for Lyme disease. Is he rolling around in bird and deer stuff out in the yard give him this thing for lepto you know what i mean but if it's a couch dog don't and this is also i mean you sound like a fabulous vet you encourage people to think for themselves you're welcome and and as a result i really don't can i I don't care for vaccine clinics because that's a real wham bam thank you ma'am kind of a setup and to me this is a 10 or 15 minute discussion yeah. You know, about Raquel, what does your dog have exposure to? What's your dog's lifestyle like? 
how about doing vaccine testing, tighter testing, instead yeah. of vaccinations? It costs this yeah. much. How do you feel about that? That's a, that's a lengthy discussion. That can't happen at a vaccination clinic. No, and I think you're right, and I'm glad to hear, and I hope everyone is becoming aware that the, your veterinarian is your friend. I mean, they want to have this discussion. My vet, Dr. Ladd, he's like mad at the rabies protocol in our county, Davidson County. It's a yearly. You have to get it yearly, and the, the vaccine that's they use is That's one of is the a, few left. Where, where yeah, are you located? In Tennessee, in Davidson County, which is the city of Nashville. And all around us is, you know, okay, you can have it every three years. So I had to get my poor Scotty. I waited. He let me wait for like two years, of, you know, never even leave yeah. because he's sick. You know, it's like, why give him that? Yeah, I write a lot of notes to excuse it's dogs ridiculous. from rabies vaccinations. Seriously. You know? But I mean, so it makes him mad too. But anyway, but okay. So all of these things are in your book about... You know, even even about dealing with cancer, you have a whole big thing, which unfortunately our dogs are faced with cancer more and more, it seems like, today. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, and I don't know, maybe our little pups are, they, their bodies metabolize things faster, which, I mean, it's bad for them, but we can certainly learn something from how their health is going, I think. I mean, look at, you're saying, look how many prescriptions and stuff that are, on the market and even surgery waste surgery protocols like ACL repairs and stuff that are now for humans and dogs. I mean, it's amazing how much your field has expanded in the past yes. couple what's, decades. What's been very fascinating uh, to me is we haven't gotten bogged down in issues of stem cell and regenerative therapy for use in dogs and yes. cats and horses the way that it's been bogged down with the old administration in humans. And we've seen amazing things happening with stem cell therapy. So I we're bet. Kind of like what? The way give, me there. Some, give me some stuff. Give me some stuff that's going on, like well, in terms of regenerating tissue, etc. Yes. The most common use in dogs right now is if you take a dog with really severe arthritis. That's and what, what you thought, can do is yeah. harvest some of the dog's fat cells, and then we send them off to a company that basically grows them and turns them into regenerative stem cells mm-hmm. and then they are infused back into the dog. It's really been going cool. on in horses for a while as well. That's really cool. Well, I hope that, you know, we all think like you and me <laughs> in the sense that <laughs> in the sense that we're inclusive and I mean I'm sure if we get down and talk and dirty, nitty gritty, we would disagree on some things and that would be fine with both of us and I, I just really am encouraged that you wrote this book and you're you. out there doing this. I love to see, you know, people trying to fuse, fuse people, join, let's learn from each other instead of alienate. Um, I really appreciate your support. Oh, you're welcome. And so before we go, is there anything else that, oh, I want to say congratulations to you on winning the 2009 Hills Animal Welfare and Humane Ethics Award. And for those oh, of you listening. thank you. You're welcome. Dr. K was selected by the American Animal Hospital Association to receive the award. And you, it's a once-a-year award based on advancing animal welfare, right, with just what you're, what you're doing. Right. And I, I assume that has to do with the work you do for counseling people who are having to put down pets, etc. I can't. I'm looking for the name. I uh, founded and facilitated a client support group here yes. for people that are emotionally struggling with the illness or the death of a of a family member, a pet family member. 
and I also am quite involved in, in uh, client veterinarian communication. So I think those things uh, in conjunction with the book is what prompted them to think I deserve the award. Thank you Thank again you. for your perspective. You're a true holistic person, whether you know it or not, which I'm sure you do know it. <laughs> well, in you other know words, what's ex- exciting is whole dog journal listed speaking yeah. for spot is one of the five you got to have. That was a huge compliment to me. Oh, completely. And it's it, it just kind of backs me up. Not that this is all about me <laughs> and my self-esteem, but it makes me realize that, yes, we Western thinkers out here can actually benefit and, you know, embrace the other, quote, new agey, you know, holistic things. And it can it's all coming from the same thing, which is the desire to be healthy and have, be happy while we're here and, you know, hey, all paths, same, same, same uh, journey or excuse me, different. Yeah, that's right. All paths, same destination. <laughs> Thank that you, Dr. Okay, good. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Nancy Kay for being on You're my welcome. show. Anytime. I love having you. Thank you so much. And all of you listening, check out speakingforspot.com. Go get a copy of her book. You can get it on Amazon or go to her website. And um, she's got some fabulous information in there. And again, Mark, thank you for making me sound so smart and sassy. I love it. And all of you listeners, this is Pet Life Radio where we talk about pets. My show is Win With Dogs. And I say go win with your dog. Till next time, have a great day. Bye. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Win with Dogs.